So today we begin a season called Advent, and it's actually one of my favorite seasons. It's not Christmas, so I won't say Merry Christmas to you just yet. Advent is a season where we prepare for the coming of Christ on Christmas Eve. And so it's a four-week season where we're intentional about uh, preparing and um, um, waiting for the birth of Christ. And it's an acknowledgement that uh, during Advent we acknowledge that there is darkness, there is pain in the world. But we know that Jesus is coming to defeat it all. Jesus has come and Jesus will come. And so it's a very beautiful season where we're intentional of not jumping too early into Christmas. And so as we were trying to decide what to do during this Advent season, we went through so many books. We went through so many different ideas. And in the end, we decided to go through a journey, um, a series called Christmas is Not Your Birthday by my friends uh, Mike Slaughter. And uh, this book, he released this book in 2011, and it's a book about uh, why it's so important to have a missional heart during Advent. And not just during Advent, really, but throughout our entire lives. And so I've invited my friend Mike. He's a a former senior pastor at Ginghamsburg United Methodist Church in Ohio. And uh, he and I are just, we we spent about three hours um, talking about theology, talking about Advent, talking about this book. And so each week, we're going to talk about a different chapter. We're going to talk about um, different understandings, and, and he's going to challenge us every single week to, to live a missional-minded life set, um, lifestyle. And so uh, I want to, without further ado, I want to introduce you to my friend Mike and our first conversation. So thank you, Mike, for joining us. I am so excited uh, for this Advent season and this series. Uh, for all of our small group leaders, if you haven't bought your book yet, I want to invite you Christmas is not your birthday. It's a phenomenal book, and I look forward to us talking about it for the next uh, month or so. So thank you so much, Mike. Oh, it's, it's great to be here. And, and what you're doing in ministry um, is just amazing, and I'm thankful for it. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you who don't know, I've talked about my coach, Mike, a lot. This is the same person. So Mike is somebody who has uh, mentored me for a little over a year now. Um, you were there when I got ordained. Uh, you've been a very special person in my life. And so I just, I'm so thankful that, that you're here and we get to preach together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for today, before we get into the details of the whole book, I just want to talk about the overall view of the book. And so without getting into the, the, uh, the nitty gritty, Mike, why did you choose to write this book? What was happening at the time? Like, why, tell us about the book. Well, you know, um, Christmas has become one of the most gluttonous holiday feasts. And as I witnessed the Black Friday events and people camping out in front of stores all night uh, or leaving family dinners uh, late in the afternoon to save a place, you know, in a store line, and even uh, some people being trampled and injured and uh, at least one killed. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I mean, this is not what Jesus is is about. Um, You know, Christmas is Jesus' birthday. It's not our birthday. And I thought, well, hey, if um, you want to give your kid an iPad or something, do it on their birthday. But let's really teach our children, our families, you know, what would Jesus want? for Jesus' birthday. And it was just that kind of reminder, hey, Christmas, well, I get emails from a few people, hey, it is my birthday, you know. (laughs) But um, what, in in the true spirit of of the Jesus movement, 
uh, what would Jesus desire on Jesus' birthday? How can we turn this around to really show not the materialistic values of Western uh, culture, but uh, biblical values? Yeah. You know, I remember the, the first time I heard about this book, um, it came out what, in 2011, yeah, right? Yeah, 10 years old now, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember um, at the time I was graduating college and there was this interesting, it was an interesting time frame because um, the, the car market had crashed not too, not too long before that. There was a whole bunch of uncertainty with work and the stock market. Um, and I just thought it was fascinating that you were writing about this in the midst of that. Um, and it was a reminder for me, the kingdom of God is a lot more important than our, than what's happening in this world at, at times. Um, so I just found it interesting. Was there a reason, like, what was happening in the U.S. at the time? Did that have a role to play in what you wrote? Well, and also one of the, the economic crises of the time mm-hmm. was people were spending a dollar twenty-two for every dollar they made. And before the whole crash in mm-hmm. 2008, I was saying to my church, how long can this be sustained? You know, mm-hmm. you can't. And so the bottom fell out, you know, of, mm-hmm. of the market. So how do we reverse those kind of patterns? The Bible says that the um, debtor is slave to the lender. You know, so how can we really teach our people that, that debt is not the way God created us to live? As long as uh, we support uh, a debt lifestyle, I'm always working today to pay for things yesterday that I may not even have. I, I've worked with people who are paying for a Disney vacation they took 10 years ago, and they're still paying for it, you know, today. So we were created not to be debtors, but co-creators with God. You know, we're, we're the hands and feet of Jesus in, in the world. Um, you know, God didn't save us to get us into some disembodied Greek version of heaven, uh, but to be the channel of God's resources uh, on earth uh, to get heaven in us and through us. You know, like I've always said um, to our people, we're the only bank account uh, that Jesus has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Well, so I think one of the biggest differences between what happened in 2011 and uh, at the end of 2020, I remember reading an article that um, a lot of people paid off a lot of debt during 2020. Yeah. And a lot of that was we were all at home and couldn't really go out. Um, some people, and I'll admit my wife and I were one of them, we bought a lot of stuff from Amazon because we couldn't go to the stores. But for the most part, you and I have talked about this, Susie and I made a really big um, commitment to paying off our debt. And we did. We ended up paying off our debt a couple months ago. But in the midst of um, this this trend, I guess, for lack of a better word, of paying off our debt, um, I, I feel like it becomes a little bit more important to remember that Jesus that it's Jesus' birthday and not a day for us to get gifts, right? Because... I wonder if the the natural tendency, and maybe it's a human natural tendency, is, 
well, I paid off my debt. I have extra money. Now I can go spend a whole bunch of stuff on my own, right? I, for me, right. I can buy that iPad now, even though it's not on credit because it's not on credit. Or I can go buy a new TV because it's not on credit anymore. And it's even more crucial without debt, right, to remember it's it's Jesus's birthday. It's well, not mine. Well, and it's one reason why budgeting is so important. I, you, mm. you know, really encourage people to do a detailed uh, budget uh, with the tithe at the top, you know, that it's not the leftover. Um, and I, I've always uh, taught people this to create a budget that's 10, 10, 80, 10% to God's purpose. Because, hey, it all belongs to God. I'm a manager, you know, even in the parables, Jesus, you know, gave uh, 10 bags of gold. The, the word is, is talent, but talent was a measure of, of money, of gold. But we could use it both ways too, you know, the skills and gifts. Yeah. Like uh, I'm a pastor and I, I use the gifts and talents, whatever that is, but the first 10% and more goes to the Lord. Second 10% uh, goes for the future retirement. You don't take that out for anything else, 401ks. I know that at age 70 now, and I started that at 24. You know, the benefits of that, you know, that I'm not dependent on other, other sources. And then 80% is what we live on now and what saving kids college building up an emergency count, you know, if the furnace goes out, you know, or, or something. So um, I think it's important to see our budget as a moral document. It all belongs to God. And, and the parable says Jesus tr entrusted his servants with talent to one. He gave 10, another five to another one. And, and we're to reproduce. It's only what we do for God and others that live beyond us. That that's it. You know, what, what, what am I doing? Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you would go bear fruit, fruit that would last. That means eternal. What do you, what are we doing now? Well, the one dude that just buried his in the ground, well, let me tell you, they will bury us in the ground, but the real fruit is what's going to live beyond us that we've done for God and other people. So that's part of it. Christmas is a great time to begin to turn our values. So it just doesn't become a once a year practice, but it becomes a lifetime practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, um, since, since you mentioned that, um, I completely agree. It's a lifelong practice that um, we live, right? I mean, caring for the least, the last, the lost. I like to add the word the lonely, um, it's, it's something we're called to live, not just practice one time a year. Um, but is that something, and I think I know the answer to this, but in your, in your opinion, as a Christian, is that something that I wait for my church to schedule some sort of service project and then I go do, or is that something like we're called to, to go serve out of our own passions as well? Well, I think it's, it's, it's both. And, um, I, I, uh, came out of an at-risk high school. And then my sister taught there and coached there for 35 years. And I've gotten reengaged. Like these are 90% um, um, at risk, you know, kind of mm -hmm. kids economically, so forth, single parent. Um, 
free breakfast and lunch, you know, to get an idea. So one of the things, Carolyn and I, like when people buy my books, that money goes into scholarships for first generation kids. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've, one of the, the key areas God's called us into is we believe education is a way out of poverty. So we have uh, one young woman right now, uh, her name's Jemaya. Um, she's like 58 out of 110 in her class. She kind of reminds me a lot yeah. of me, you know, in, in my high school years, kind of, you know, struggling and so forth. But she showed some promise her senior year. So we're, we're paying her tuition um, for the first two years to community college. Cause that's a great, that's what I had to do. I couldn't get into regular college at the time. And then all those credits transferred, um, you know, to the university of Cincinnati, uh, here. And so, uh, that's just an example of our calling. So I think when, when people look at an area in their life, yeah, the church, we can do things together like Gingelsburg based on our, um, gifts to Jesus at Christmas, um, built 294 schools in Darfur. We did agricultural projects. We did, um, water yards focusing in areas, sustainable projects, you know, in Darfur over 10 million went into that, that people brought at Christmas, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, what God, what God can do, you know, and you've heard me say many times, my first year as pastor of Gingersburg, we had half a hundred people, you know, 58 people and a $27,000 annual budget, 11,000 of that was my salary. But the miracle of what will God will do if you're willing to release it so God can increase it. Uh, mm -hmm. So the church can do a lot together, but individuals will have callings on their life too. You know, for me, it's the education kind of thing. So I always say to people, where do you see the greatest need? Um, what gifts or assets do you have to meet those needs? Well, engage. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, engage. I like that. So one of the things that we have done as a church is um, we've gone to Lake Charles and to, um, I'm like I'm on the name right now, but... Um, both Southwest and Southeast Louisiana for hurricane recovery. As you know, we've been hit hard in the last two years. And so we've done our big church projects have been uh, with hurricane recovery. But last year we had a big freeze. Now I know in the Midwest that happens all the time, yeah, this morning, but for us, this morning it was 22. <laughs> oh, wow. No, it was uh 50 something here and we were all freezing. Um, but it, we had a, a big freeze. It was, it was ice on the roads. We yes. sit out on our patios. <laughs> uh, you know, yes. <laughs> um, so last year when that freeze happened, we had a couple from our church. Uh, they reached out to me and said, hey, it's going to get really cold. We have some extra blankets. Will you help us uh, gather blankets so that we can um, go pass them out before the freeze comes in? And through their, you know, I think they had a... Um, um, the spirit stirred within them to collect blankets. And I think we collected like 50 something blankets. 
And uh, the Saturday, it was like two days before the freeze was supposed to come in, we went and passed them all out. And it was just, it was really awesome to see, um, to what you said, yes, the church comes together and serves, but also God calls us individually. And, and there's passions within us and resources that we each have that we can make a difference in the well, world. Well, you know, for example, I don't know, we've already had our video team down there in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. You know about this? Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so our Christmas miracle offering is going to be focused to the Louisiana, Lake Charles area and so forth this, this year. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's the same thing. What, uh, find a need and fill it. That's mm-hmm. what we're called, you know, called to do. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and so go way back to Katrina. We had over a yeah. hundred or around a hundred teams you know, that, that worked in that, um, area. Mm-hmm. Well, we needed each and every one of those teams. <laughs> well, as we begin to wrap up this first week, let me ask you, uh, what is one thing you hope uh, people will take away by the time we're done with this series? What's like one big takeaway? Well, you know, I, I hope that, um, it's not just about celebrating Jesus, the baby, but how the living Christ calls us today. So that that we look about uh, uh, Jesus anew in our life, uh, mm. like an awakening, you know, mm. that we look mm-hmm. seriously, you know, uh, Fernie, Jesus didn't say, accept me as Lord and Savior. He said, follow me. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we have these little confessional prayers instead of lifestyles. So I, I, I hope it's a real time where we seriously you know, take this Advent season to uh, challenge our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you. And um, I look forward to week two. Hey, so I, I hope you enjoyed that conversation between Mike and I. He has some really awesome stuff to share for the next couple weeks. And I really want to encourage you to uh, order your book right now. Christmas is not your birthday. You'll want to, if you're not in a small group, you're going to want to read through this and, and wrestle with it on your own. If you are in a small group, this is a curriculum your small groups will be using. And um, I really hope um, through these next uh, five weeks that you will kind of wrestle with what it means to have a missional heart in the midst of Advent. I don't know about you, but Christmas is usually uh, really stressful, buying gifts, cleaning our house, uh, waiting for guests to come and visit. Uh, You know, as a pastor, we have to prepare so much at work, and it's just a really busy season. And the question we're going to wrestle with is, what happens when we begin to care for the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely? And so I really want to encourage you uh, to buy this book and to really wrestle through this with us. Listen, I I also want to encourage you, if you're in a small group, like I said, you're going to be going through this series. So I want to invite you to text the word GROW, G-R-O-W, to the number 225-307-0662. And uh, when you text that, you'll get a text message back with a link to a home sheet. And that home sheet is going to include the scriptures that Mike Mike and I talked about. It's going to include some questions, some conversations that we we talked about. And then it's going to include a challenge to live out um, this missional um, lifestyle. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Again, it's uh, text the word GROW, G-R-O-W, to the number 225-307-0662. Well, I am so glad that you joined us. I hope you join us next week as we continue this conversation. And uh, remember, I love you, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I'll see you next week.